0: From the Adult Swim headquarters at William Street West, in beautiful downtown Burbank, I'm Matt Harrigan and this is the Adult Swim Podcast. Today I'm talking to Dana Snyder, who got his start playing the voice of Master Shake and Aqua Teen Hunger Force, but that was only the beginning. What's going on, you running all the time? Yeah.
1: What are you running from? Exactly. <laughs> I started out running from something, and then I realized I'm running to something. What are you running to? I seldom figured out. I'm right in the middle. How often do you run? Well, ideally, I would run every day, but I've been sick this week, so I didn't, I didn't run very much at all this week. But I was traveling all week. I Hard came for a th- voice actor to get sick. Yeah. I mean, it's all right. You know, I remember, speaking of sick. Yeah. I was super sick one time when we did an episode of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. I was in Michigan working at a theater, and I was working at a theater, and I so we were in rehearsals, but the place that I could record was like a 45-minute drive. So I had a car, so I had to drive to Grand Rapids, Michigan, get to the studio at like six in the morning. Uh-huh because we had to record from 6 to 7, because I had to be back for rehearsal at 8 o'clock. But I was really sick, like throwing up Barf sick. Orphan sick. Yes.
0: yeah, Butt flu.
1: Butt flu. Yeah. And face flu. <laughs> I had the butt flu in my face. <laughs> so I'm sitting, I get there, the engineer goes, whoa, you don't look so good. Stuart, the guy's day was like, yeah, no, I don't feel so good. I think, he goes, well, you can sit down today. I said, yeah, I think I better, I think I better just sit down. And then I sit down. And I'm in one of those chairs that's like a you can retract it all the way flat. And I'm like, yeah. I think actually, Stuart, I might just lay down if that's all right. He goes, yeah, that's fine. You can lay down. I'll move the mic down for you. Cause I didn't want Dave and Matt to know that I was sick. Right. Because I didn't I thought, you know, this was still like maybe year two that they we were doing you. this. Right. We weren't <clears throat> doing we hadn't been doing it very long. So I'm I'm laying flat on my back and the, the microphone is maybe like Let's say it's two feet from my face. So every time they ask me a question, I go from like complete death, lying there like a body, to then like stretching up in my back. feeling great. Guys, nope, got it, you got it. Here we go, and then we lay back down again. Like, okay, what we want you to do is, uh, like, yep, uh huh. Meanwhile, I'm like, oh god, oh god. I think we took three breaks, and so I just kept running and throwing up in the. But the problem is. My, my regret is yeah. I do not remember what that episode is, because I would love to listen to it to see if I could had any noticeable difference.
0: Didn't matter. Maybe it didn't matter that you were.
1: I mean, about. I guess it didn't or they would have. Well, it couldn't have. It may have not mattered for a variety of reasons. Yeah. How do you, do you protect your voice? Do you? I mean, I try to. Yeah. I and have it's... a pretty hearty voice most of the time. Yeah. You know, uh,
0: you don't insure it, though, like they do.
1: I tried to. Well, I looked into it. I looked into it. Because a lot of guys do that. But they said, if you've ever smoked,
0: we will not insure it. If you've ever
1: smoked? Ever. Ever. Ever? Yes.
0: How do they check? How do they know? I I guess they can check. You could
1: lie? Yeah, but I think a doctor will look at your cords and say, oh, yeah, definitely. Did you ever smoke?
0: Yes. Yeah. You don't now, though.
1: No. I smoked a long time ago, but I smoked, you know, And it may have even been that when I looked into it, I smoked. Because my friend, you know, I talked to my insurance guy. He said it's really not a lot to do it, to insure it.
0: Where were you in your career that you thought it was time to insure your voice?
1: Somebody told me. Somebody told me to do it. Somebody else who also, I mean, I certainly lived in L.A. So
0: that's like an L.A. thing.
1: And they said, well, I knew several people who did it. Because they said, well, yeah, if you go, like, look at this... This guy we were just talking about who's been on vocal rest for 20 days. Yeah, I mean, he he's on a lot of shows. He's in, you know, Matt Groening stuff. And he hasn't worked for... Not only has he not worked for 40 days because he's been on vocal rest, but then when he's done with vocal rest, he's got a backlog of 40 days worth of stuff he has to record. So it's not even like he can slowly dip back into it. He's got to jump whole hog because he's got, you know... Probably 20 episodes of stuff he's got to record that he couldn't record over the previous... You know, the show I do I do with him, I know at least he had five episodes he had to do.
0: People are there thinking, so what? It's not that hard. You say words. What's yeah. the big deal?
1: That's the show. But is it? I mean... Well, yeah, it's a very big deal. But how do you hurt yourself? I mean... You, how do you hurt your voice? You can hurt yourself a lot of ways. You can... Uh, well, this guy in particular, he oh. hemorrhaged his voice, oh and he gosh. like probably screamed too loud or something, so one of his cords you have vocal cords, and then you have secondary vocal cords, and sometimes your secondary vocal cords will pick up the slack from where your first one's. What? This is what he was explaining to me. So he probably hemorrhaged it long before he thought he did, but he just felt a little under the weather. I mean, like right now, I'm under the weather. But I could do master shake if I need to. But that's like really pushing through it.
0: So it's not you're not just talking. You're performing a demanding something yes. that's demanding on your on your throat.
1: Yes, certainly. People, uh, certainly maybe a people thing don't like understand
0: that. how voice acting.
1: Yeah, I mean a lot of people
0: demanding.
1: Yeah. Well, it can be real to me. especially like I know a lot of those guys who do video games, That those things are the worst. I mean, I don't like doing video games because they're they get, you know how you get a script when you do a show, when you do a video game, you get an Excel spreadsheet that just has every sound your person has to make. So if it's you know whatever, uh, 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 gunfighter number two, right? Let's, you'll you'll let's have. Let's
0: pretend it's a Master Shake video game.
1: Master Shake video game, uh, yes, Blade Fighter, Shake Stream. Right. So I'll get the spreadsheet that'll say lines that would be familiar to everything you know it'd be like i'm taking you down punk or you know not on my streets get a bunch of those yeah like wait we gotta meet like a grand theft auto type game where we're driving through the streets just clocking old ladies with baseball bats and stealing cop cars so you you have all that stuff we gotta meet tito in the park yeah and then you and then you'll have like shorter ones like hang on hold on i hope you're buckled in punch it, that kind of stuff. But then you'll have all the other stuff that they consider like fighting songs or fighting sounds. And I think there's some rule that every one of them has to be spelled out. So if you want 20 positive fighting, meaning sounds of shake when he's winning a fight, they have to be like E-E-R-G, E-R-G-H, G-E-R-G, erg ag. GOG gal, Yeah! Wow. And then twenty more losing sounds. Ah, 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 that stuff, but each one of them, like that's why the spreadsheet's so long, cause it's just these people how you know some guys go like how do you spell ah instead of ah well I guess two extra A's and G on that one. I did I did a video game once like it was a it was a japanese i may, i played a character in it but that wasn't the problem then cuz they also want you to play like the thugs you know like the other people who just get the shit kicked out of them and that was when they brought these sheets that were just but i didn't know so i'm trying to go like Eorg Earg, gerg er, e-arg, gerg Ger-ger-ger. He's like, you know, you can just make those sounds. I'm like, well, why'd you give me a script with this then? If you want me to just just say make up twenty sounds, I could do that a lot easier than trying to read gerg. But there's a rule. I think there must be. I think there must be because when they when they turn it into an agent, they have to say we are having Matt Harrigan record. 125 lines today, and these are the 125 lines. And some of those must just be, they might just be the classic GERG line. They have to quantify it somehow. Right. So the agent could look at it and say, all right, then we'll get paid this much money right. or $10 whatever. $10 a
0: line. Right?
1: Yeah, right. right. Ooh, that'd be good. That'd be lucrative. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Is it an easy job being a voice actor? I mean, in some ways it's easy. Yeah. I think you have to have a mental capacity for it. What do you mean? Uh, well, you know, there's uh, there's a lot of rejection. I mean, for example, every week I probably audition for fifteen different things, and maybe I get one of them. Maybe. Well, that's so good there's a lot of that. Week. Yeah, that'd be amazing. What? Uh, but you mean, know, some people I think can't handle. Like my wife, for example, that's why she got out of acting is because it's, it's the same thing. She couldn't stand. You know, and I know some people they. To be resilient in that in that respect, and saying, "I know this guy." Well, I didn't get this job. There could be a million reasons why you don't get a job. You sound too much like this guy. They didn't like the way you know the the guy was listening to it in his car on the way instead of when he was in a good mood because he just got in a fight with his brother or whatever. In that respect, yeah, you can't take it personally. Or some, yeah, or sometimes you'll read like you know a description like he should be. You know, they were a real gangster type. Right. So I'm reading that. And from my. File box, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, gangster type, like a 1930s gangster. Yeah. And this guy's talking a gangster like Tupac Shakur, you know, like, a, you know, there could be one of those. And I'm not that's like a really ridiculous difference. But sometimes there's things like. No, I didn't mean I didn't mean a showbiz guy like that. I meant I didn't mean Jimmy Durante. I meant like Ari from from uh, uh, Entourage. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like you have slightly different perspectives. Does Does that happen when you get an audition that's not in person? They just send you a I a, mean a log line and say here. Oh the sure. I mean at this point, pretty much it's very much a rarity to have an audition that you go to. How do you do an audition? Walk us through a typical audition. Uh, You get an email from your agent. It will say, Untitled Dana Snyder Project Show. Animated Series MP3 Audition. Attached, please find material for tonight's MP3 Audition. Additional details below. Project. Boom. Untitled Dana Snyder Project. Animated Series. Buyer. Adult Swim. Casting Director. Matt Harrigan. Role. Dana Snyder, adult male, open to natural accents. He's flamboyant with a flair for the theatrical. Now, here's something they do sometimes. Might have a feel of Tim Carey's character in Rocky Horror Picture Show in him. Interesting. Project Details. Untitled Dana Snyder show for Adult Swim, led by, is made by Dave Willis, who also did a aqua Teen Hunger Force, and Jim Fortier, who worked on Squidbillies. It will be a series of 11-minute episodes taking place in the 1990s when Dana Snyder was in high school. Please note, all characters will sing, but you will not need to sing for this audition. Synopsis, Untitled Dana Snyder Show is an 11-minute show, uh, a series about Dana Snyder living in his house in the 90s. It's a world full of excitement, danger, And uh, his next-door neighbor, Mr. Fleazar, who's after Dana Snyder's soul. Note, they always have this on there. If booked, this will pay uh, under 10-minute SAG scale plus 10%, which equals $911 plus 10%. The 10% added is for your agent's commission, so technically they're not taking any money away from you. Please get this back to us by 3 p.m., on Monday, July 29th. Oh, God, I'm already late. Uh, and then attached down at the bottom is little pictures of the... You're gonna, you don't always get a drawing, but this one has drawings. And then it has the sides. So you have the description, again, that they already had earlier. And then it's got all the lines.
0: The sides are the lines.
1: Yes. And the sides will usually be things like... It will say things... Let's say like a line, like, you know, get out of my house, leave me alone. But It'll say, like, when he's most angry. Trying, trying to win him over, there'll be another line that's, you know, to try and give you a, to him a breadth of emotions rather than so you sort of know what page to So on.
0: now that you get this, what do you do, immediately jump and get to it, or it's two days late already?
1: Actually, this what I didn't do yet because I wasn't feeling well this week. Oh. So I told them, can I turn it in today? So I'm going to do it later today. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll do some warm ups and stuff. I don't mm-hmm. normally do warm ups because I don't really need to. But so, based on what you've seen there, give us a taste of what you might
0: audition as. Uh, a, well, I definitely rocky horror.
1: Right, I definitely would not do that. I already have in my mind what I would do. Why I'm wouldn't gonna, you do what they ask? Well, I would. Well, sometimes I wouldn't do what they ask only because I I, may, I don't necessarily can do what they ask. Sometimes they want what's like a voice match for real. Uh huh. Like, they, we want you to sound exactly like Tim Curry in Rocky Horror uh-huh. Picture Show. And sometimes I can do it, but sometimes I can't. And uh-huh. I will call my agent and say, forget it. I can't. Like, if they really... what they'll say it's a voice match. They will not... They'll ask... They're not going to dance around it. Right. Because they say, we're only looking for people... Like, there was a thing... Uh, there was a show that was already being made, and a guy in it got into a series, so he wasn 't able to come to all his ADr stuff so they didn 't have a lot of stuff they wanted you to do, but you had to sound exactly like him because you were essentially going to be uncredited doing the stuff that he couldn 't do
0: does that, Is that a less desirable gig because it doesn 't require any sort of artistry or it, it doesn 't matter its
1: work i don't i am I do not care. I just want to work. Yeah. So I'm not picky like that. I mean, I feel like I'm lucky that a lot of stuff... A lot of stuff I got to do was not somebody else's character that they already did. You know? I mean, I do a couple of those, but I know some people that their living has been off doing... You know, they've just been one of the 45 Spider Supermans or Spider-Mans or... And those... I'm sure, are far more lucrative than...
0: What are the jobs that pay the most? Like, what are the gigs, the most desirable gigs in voice
1: acting? Uh, this <laughs> one. The new Audi. That's the best one. Really? Oh, yeah. Because those those national commercials... Yeah. I mean, for me, I think in animation, I think the best ones, money-wise, are the Disney ones. Because Disney features or Disney TV? Well, for me, I've never been in a Disney feature. Okay. I'd love to know uh-huh. I'd love to be able to discuss that. Yeah. Maybe once this podcast comes that's up. That's right. Now that I blow the lid off, I should take back when I was going to talk about Disney. I won't burn that bridge. Okay. But I'll, I'll keep that bridge retained. Yeah. That, that that's a good gig, though. That Disney. rope may because, you know, residuals are a mysterious thing. Yeah. But Disney has screens everywhere. In the world, and as I fa- I did this show Disney Fish Hooks, and I got a stack of. Some people think if you do TV stuff, you're rich. Yes, but that's not really true. Okay, I drove here in a, a, a Chevy, a two door Chevy. Wow, only two. You can only afford two doors. Yeah, and it was it's a four door car, but I only have two of the doors. I have the passenger front. <laughs> yes, I have the passenger front and the driver's side back door. So it's a little awkward. I have like a slanty cross breeze. So you got a stack of checks from Fishhooks for Disney. The first, Yeah, I got a stack. Now, I had never experienced this before, and I don't think, other than that Star Wars show, I'd ever experienced again. But I got a stack of residual checks for like $21,000. Wow. And I was like, holy shit. I mean, it was clearly the most I'd ever gotten for anything, doing anything ever. Wow. Let alone, this was from stuff I already did. What was the role? It was Mr. Baldwin, a seahorse, in the Disney show Fish Hooks. Uh-huh. And was it one episode? Was it a recurring character? I was probably, I, I think I was in about a third of the episodes. So some people who are in every episode, I mean, just imagine that. But that wasn't the first time I got that from that show. I got like four or five more checks like that throughout the next year and a half. It was, like, unbelievable. Wow. And it's, like, free money because you already got paid to do it. I mean, it's not really free money because they're making money off it. But I asked my friend, I said, why are these? I said, I've never had anything like this. And she said, so that year I was rich, okay, but the, after yeah, that. You spent that. I spent it on that Chevy, and then I lost the doors, and I don't know what. Yeah, trust me, it all went on booze and booze and broads. Ah, uh, and by broads I mean the old lady waitress at the smokehouse <laughs> who's nothing sexual. She's fell on hard times. Yeah, uh, she needed that knee
0: replacement surgery. Can you directly correlate your voice talent with a successful TV show? In other words, let's say they didn't use you on that show; would the uh-huh. show still have been oh successful? Hard to say, oh, right?
1: Very hard to say. I mean. I feel like the thing that that's 100% a question of would be Aquatine. Yeah. Because, I mean, it would have just been... I remember when Dave told me what they were looking for, that the voice they had found, they had auditioned everybody in Atlanta, and the one they liked the most up until that point, because... Pretty much everybody, what we were talking about, about reading copy and not getting what the people wanted, yeah. what the creators intended, was everybody read, they're the Aqua Teen Hunger Force, they're a group who solve mysteries, and he's told me, now maybe when you talk to him on this, he'll be like, I don't know what the fuck Dana was talking about, yeah. but he said, everybody, either he or Matt said, everybody's just doing like a superhero voice, because one of the lines was him going like, I'm the leader, I'm the one who wants some jeans. Let's get that rabbit. Like, that's what it was. Yeah. Those were the lines. It was that scene in the store in the rabbit episode. Mm-hmm. That was your audition. That was the audition. They're like, I, I'm the one who wants some jeans. And I'm like, all right. Well, I don't know how any of this works. So. so how did you read it? I read it, I think. I think I read it pretty much exactly like how it was at the show. Do you remember? Yeah.
0: Can you replicate it? Yeah.
1: I was. I, we said, do it real whiny. So what happened? He said, call and leave it on my voicemail. That's how the audition was. Wow. Not normal channels. I did not have an agent. How did he find you? Because a, a girl I went to college with, Ashley Ward, went to school, went to high school with Dave Willis. And Dave Willis finally called her and said, we're trying to find this voice for this one character. Do you know anybody up there? She said, well, what do you have so far? He said, the one guy we like who we're leaning towards is doing sort of a Christopher Walken type voice. So we like that, but everybody else is just doing these like superheroes. That is totally wrong for it. And she said, well, what should she, what should he sound like? And Dave said, he should sound like his mouth writes checks, his body can't cash. And she said, call my friend Dana. That's exactly who you should call us. So that I talked to him on the phone. He goes, yeah, like, the guy is whiny. He's a baby. But everything that Dave was saying, I mean, I guess I am corrected saying I completely understood what he was going for because, I mean, I got it. I he knew be, what he wanted. He knew what he wanted, but and the language he was using to convey to me what he wanted was I, I was on the same wavelength that he was. Uh-huh. So then, yeah, I did the audition, and it was just like, you know, I'm the one who wants some jeans, but I'm the leader. Stop. You guys are stupid. He was like, yeah, that's great. He goes, unfortunately, we uh, we erased the voicemail message before we could play it for our boss, Mike Lasso. And my friend Dave had come to town and we had gone out to my old favorite place, Brews on 34th Street and got big steaks and beers And we got home like one in the morning. I'm like, I got to leave this audition for this guy.
0: Wow.
1: And I didn't know. You know, it was old internet. Like, So I had to like dial up to take the, yeah, take print the script out and stuff. And then he called me the morning. He was like, that was exactly what we wanted. They called you? Dave called me in the morning. uh And he said. The next morning. The next morning. I lived in New York. Uh Called me the next morning. He was like, that was exactly what we wanted. We have to play it for my boss though, and I accidentally erased the voicemail message. So could you do it again? I'm like, uh, sure, okay, I'll be gone. Can I do it about two o'clock? He goes, yeah, anytime today, that's fine. So I do it at two o'clock, and he goes, uh, I don't know, man. I just kind of, I don't know. There's just kind of something missing from it. I'm not sure what. Well, oh, shit. I was like, okay. Uh, I said, can I, can I leave it later? <laughs> Yes. And then I did Groundhog Day. I went with Dave. I said, Dave, my friend, Dave, not Dave Will. I said, we have to do everything we did last night. Exactly. We got the same meal. We got the same steaks. We got the same beers. We went back at one o'clock. I did it at one o'clock in the morning again. And then Dave called me the next morning. He's like, that's it. You got it. All right. When can we record? He said, we played it for the boss. So wait, why did Ashley, your friend Ashley recommend you to
0: Dave? What were you doing up there that, that you'd be on her radar as a voice actor?
1: Well, it wasn't that it was on a voice actor. She was just, I think he was kind of saying, you know, anybody who's an actor, who's got any kind of funny. And, you know, we went to college together. And we were always very good friends. And we were always, you know, she's also very funny. What were you doing in New York? I worked at the drama bookshop. Oh. Wow. I, uh, yeah, I was just doing theater but stuff. But you weren't. Doing voice acting? No, no voice acting. And the reason I sort of got the reason I so I started then sort of taking like voice acting class, even though I was doing Aqua Teen, but nobody knew what it was. But I was like, I got to make a good demo. So I went to this wonderful woman named Marla Kerbin, and I started going to demo. And the point was, you know, it's one of those things where you pay money, obviously, you make a demo with her, and then, you know, a month later, you get to go into an office, and a, an agent will be there, or several agents, they'll listen to your demo with you and decide if they want to pick so, you up or not. So you read a few fake ads. You read some fake ads, and you know over the course of a couple months, you sort of put it all together, like, you should do this voice here, and, let's, and then we'll go into this one, because this is very different from the one before. I mean, the irony is the one I made with her is still the one I have. So
0: when you got that call from Dave saying, you're hired... Was that for an episode? It was
1: for the pilot. And did you think that you've got it made? No. I had no idea what it... Because I didn't know what Adult Swim was. I didn't know what any of it... I don't think it was even Adult Swim yet. Yeah. And they got in trouble. Because I was doing a burlesque show that I wrote with my friend Patrick Blindauer. I did a, a burlesque show in Las Vegas and Matt and... Dave came out to record me in Las Vegas, saying we have to record him out here because it's for the pilot. And I remember Matt Malero opening his computer, go, well, "This is you, man!" And it was just a cup spinning around, and I was like, "Huh." Eh. <laughs> kind of thinking it'd be a little more, <laughs> more spectacular. Do you think it'd be like just not? I just had a, no idea. A paper cup. I had no twirling. idea. I mean, that's basically. I was like, I had, I just had no idea. And I didn't know what it was for, and I thought this was only 11 minutes, but I also had never done anything before, so I I didn't know what to expect. And they got in big trouble. I think they got in really big trouble because then also they flew out there. They got a studio in Las Vegas that was in somebody's house. I mean, it was converted into a studio, but it was one of those, like, where the booth is was not at all with where you record. So they couldn't even see me while I was doing it, which was half the point of what they said. Well, we had to film him for all those facial expressions that Master Shake has, which (laughs) is like what? Eyebrows down, eyebrows up, fists, or open hand. Pupils pointing in different directions. Yes, right. Pupils left, pupils right. They got in trouble. because Yeah, uh, because they spent Adult Swim money to fly to Las Vegas to meet me and record me. And then I remember them calling me. I think I want to say it was, you know, December 30th. Either Dave or Matt called me and said, they're going to air it tonight. Because they had to air every pilot they were working on. Well, you know better than me. They had to air everyone while it was still the calendar year so that technically they could say they aired so they were a part of whatever, year 1999's budget. It was one of those technical things because Aquatine my friend was on the east coast and I was at my parents in Las Vegas I was like oh it's coming on but it, I mean it was 3 or 4 or 5 in the morning yeah probably well, more like maybe 2 in the morning my time so it was on at 5 in the morning in east coast uh-huh so it wouldn't be considered so child watch it? oh fuck yeah I did I watched the hell out of it what do you think well it was half show? finished <laughs> There were scenes that some of them were literally just like a black screen. I'd hear the audio, but like the scene wasn't done. And then there were a couple times that it wasn't a storyboard because I don't think they did storyboards. It was like an animatic, but just black and white no, or no background. And I remember watching and I remember my, my buddy going, because we were on the phone together watching it. Uh-huh. We were on the phone like it's coming on. It's got to be this next one. Uh, but, yeah, I remember watching it, my buddy going, well, hey, get to say you did it. <laughs> so it aired, and then... It aired, and then I don't know how long it ever... I remember Vishal Roney calling me and telling me he was going to pay me $250 an episode. Is that right? That yes, was your starting salary? That was the starting salary. Wow. What did you think? Well, even then, I knew it wasn't a good deal. <laughs> I was like, this is... This is what people don't realize, see, what we were talking about. They think if you're on TV, you're a squillionaire. Yeah. Was it disappointing? I mean, no, it was never disappointing. I wouldn't have done it if it was disappointing.
0: Well, you might say, like, oh, it's an hour. I mean, yeah, I words. could have been. I could I'm have been. on TV, it's a start.
1: That's exactly it. Uh-huh. I said, look, what's, what's better, doing nothing or going there and getting $250 and get to say you were on a TV, a cartoon show? Yes, once. and it'll lead to something else. Right. Or even if it doesn't. Uh-huh. That hour out of my life, what else am I doing? Yeah. I was making $170 a week at the drama bookshop. So $250 oh, you can for quit the drama bookshop. Yeah. In your face, motherfuckers. I hope you burn to the ground. Uh, we only were doing that pilot, you know. To, oh God. Hey guys, I'm back. And, then you heard that it got picked up? No, I never heard that it got picked up. Oh, okay. I mean, I heard we're making all I ever heard was we're making another one. Still to this day. Still, to this day, unless I get secret inside baseball information like ho- like a horse track inside betting, right. do I hear like we 're making another squidbillies or yeah. something? You know what I mean? How do you find these things out
0: you don 't you simply you don't just get booked
1: normally, how you find them out is well squidbillies and aquatine was always not with my agent. I did that before I ever joined the union because that 's a whole different thing, right. I looked you up on Behind the Voice Actors. Do you know that oh, yeah. page? Yeah, oh yeah. It's got a picture of every one of your characters. And there's mm-hmm. hundreds of them. Yeah, that guy's very thorough.
0: Very thorough. That
1: guy, uh, he's very nice. He comes to Dragon Con every year. It's, he does he does stint. a lot of the voiceover stuff on.
0: Do you look at that page and you're like, I remember
1: all this and and I don't know. Are there redundancies presumably between characters? I mean there must be. There's gotta be. Well my problem is, you know, I don't I get asked to do a lot of voices. Luckily, but a lot of the time they want me to do what arguably would be exactly as Master Shake's voice. Now, Master Shake is not far away from my real voice. It's just me. I mean, if you saw me on stage doing a comedy show, you would think it's not that different. Do you think celebrity voices are valuable in cartoons? I mean, if I was a producer, I would. I've done a show. I wrote a show that had a celebrity voice in it. But it was arguably the weirdest celebrity voice because it was Paul Reiser. But we did a show, my buddies and I did a show called Suck It, Gary, about these three idiots who essentially torture the older version of themselves named Gary. But my friend Matt is super into Paul Reiser. (laughs) He's like, we really got to get Paul Reiser to play Gary. Gary's just a sad sack. He's a divorced guy, you know, a perfectly nice guy but i think i get kind of annoyed when it's like they it's a celebrity just because they're desperate to get somebody in there you think it's a crutch i think sometimes i mean i listen i understand and i get it like we're do is there any reason whatsoever that madagascar the movies had to have jada pinkett smith playing is there any 5 year old kid who sees the poster and goes Holy shit, and it's also starring Ben Stiller and Jada Pinkett Smith? Are you kidding me? Mom, I got to buy the plush of that now. No. But I get it. It's the only way Like your parents will be more inclined. Like I think Pixar does an excellent job of having celebrity voices. Yeah. I think they hire people who should do the voice. I mean, you could argue it's stunt casting, but it's not really because... I mean, I can't think of a really out-of-place voice in one of their movies. And also, yeah, I get it, but like Craig T. Nelson, I mean, was he in Mothballs. They pulled him for The Incredibles. It's not like he was the top of, I mean, no offense to Craig T. Nelson, but I mean, they pick him to play Mr. Incredible, he's perfect for it. Are they capturing his visual, physical performance for that role? I can't imagine. I mean, I probably do. You know, when I've done, like, like bigger they were, things, they put a camera on you right. to get, you know, because everyone's that's, – that's the great thing about animation. You have you know, when you do a movie, like a live-action movie, your performance is captured, and then you can say the way they shot it and the lighting and the music and stuff can enhance it. But in animation, there's really – when you watch it, there's – the the barest essentials of a character, you're watching two performances – you're listening to the vocal performance of the voiceover person, but also the animator is doing a performance too. I mean, you could sit there and scream your ergs and oggs, but the animator could have you know the guy's eyeballs dripping down, or I mean, like Christy Caracas, the stuff he does is insane. That's that's uh, more of a performance than anybody's anything anybody's saying. That's like, the, that's like the, the, the height of it, I feel like. The way Christie does stuff, because there's so much stuff visually going on. It's so much you can't even process it in one viewing. You certainly can't see it all, but that's what I like about it, because I feel like it's even more collaborative, except when you do it, you, you pretty much never meet the animators. When did you know Aqua Teen was a success? Well, no one in New York knew about it, so I told you I made my demo and we had the meeting with the agent, right? Yeah. This this woman was whoever she was, but she worked for ICM, which was the agent I heard of. They were big. They were real big then. And so I go in with my t- – you know, we're all just in the waiting room. Are you nervous? Of course. Yeah. Because she's going to listen to this. But I also kind of know, like, it's a crock of shit. Like, you don't see every other person. You're know, like, so I had a meeting with the agent. They said, come on in tomorrow. I'm in the lobby. I'm in the waiting room of her studio. I go into the studio. I shake hands with the agent. I walk in. I'm nice to the guy who's leaving, who just got through getting evaluated by this agent. He goes, oh, hi, sorry. I'm like, oh, hi, hi. I go in. At this point, Aqua Teen had been on long enough that I had a DVD. So I'm going in with the Aqua Teen Volume 1 DVD thinking, oh. well, this has got to be something. Bring this has got to count for something. Yeah, I'm going to give it to her. I don't hide it, but I have it just in my hand down while I'm shaking hands with this guy leaving. I go in. She goes, okay, so which name? What do you do? Let's play this thing. And then there's this somebody pounding on the door. It's the guy I just walked by. He comes back and he goes, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry to do this, but I know I I would never be able to do this again. And I'm thinking, like, is he going to stab this lady in the throat or something? You know, he comes up to me, goes, dude, are you the voice of Master Shake? I go, yeah. He goes, that's my favorite fucking cartoon voice of all time. It's my favorite fucking show. My buddies and I watch it every night. We watch that DVD. I've watched the two copies worth of that DVD. He goes, that show's fucking awesome, and I was going to leave, but I had to tell you that. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to break in on your meeting. I'm so sorry, but you're fucking awesome. It's my favorite cartoon. That voice you do is incredible. All right. I'm so sorry. Goes, shuts the door. And then the lady just kind of looks at me. She goes, so when can you come in tomorrow? Wow. I couldn't have paid that guy to do that. Sounds like you could have paid a guy to do that. I mean, not with the enthusiasm he had. Yeah, so I went into ICM the next day. She signed me. I'm all right, immediately sending me... A, I remember the first audition she sent me on was for the Travelocity Gnome. <laughs> that was the first one I went in. Is it like a, uh, an accent? Yeah, but you know that guy. It's like I'm the little garden gnome. But you're like, yeah. Hello, it's me, the Travelocity Gnome. I go everywhere. for you. I mean, that guy has been doing that fucking voice. Listen... If I got that gig in the year 2000, we wouldn't be doing this right here. No. But what I would be doing is being in my house, my $15 million yeah, house in houses. Vancouver, Canada right now, yes, to avoid, the, to escape the summer heat.
0: And the taxes.
1: Uh-huh. Yes.
0: <laughs> wow. Have you missed any other uh, big jobs? You know, uh, not a lot. Uh-huh. No, I
1: never hold a grudge about it because that's the thing. just, it's, it's, There's... I there was a there was a now this is according to my people that I got I got real close, like down to maybe like two guys. Harder than not getting it. I mean, that's what's hard. There. Yeah. It's easier to get eliminated immediately. But when it's down to you and one other guy and I sorta of get it still because they ended up giving it to the storyboard artist. But I think back of those residual payments of how it was, it was the, ooh, ooh, the guy in Frozen who runs the shop. Oh. Who's now, which is, which cuts closer with me because there's an attraction at Epcot Center with him. Yeah. And, you know, I love Disney parks. Yeah, you do love I'm Disney parks. I'm like a parks. whore about them. And I went, I went on that ride. I looked at the guy like, mother oh, that. Guy. Like that, he's a storyboard guy. It wasn't enough he got to do the storyboard. And I get it, because those guys, he does the storyboard, but also will do the temp track, and then... They get attached to it. Yeah. they are like, oh, well, I, I can't hear anybody other than him now, because yeah. I've been listening to that guy. And, you know, it's not like, he, again, he's, he's good at it. He gets a dollar every time someone goes on that ride. Oh, my God. You know, <laughs> the, the hourly capacity of that ride is, it's like 2,000 people an hour, maybe 2,500 Does it give you stress? Do you have stress in your job? I mean, the stress is, yes. The stress is, unlike my normal person's job, my job could end at any minute. I mean, I, have, I do this show called Paradise PD on Netflix. It's a lovely show for adults. It's animated. You know, Tom Kenny's in it. Cedric Yarborough. Uh, it's by the guys that did Brickleberry. They're from Georgia. Waco O'Gwen and uh, uh, Roger Black. Yep. Well, yeah, for example, for Paradise PD right now, I mean, we have two more scripts which we will have a table read of and then we'll get paid to do a record for them. So that's like probably two more weeks and then I'm sure over the next several months we'll probably get pulled in again to do some ADR. But we have no idea if it's going to be picked up for another season yet. I mean, when Aqua Teen stopped, that was a big nervous thing for me because, but also you don't realize how lucky you are that you got to do it for, you know, 15 years or whatever. Most shows do not go, especially children's shows, don't go more than maybe three years. But, you know, in the last like year or so we had, so no more Aquatine. that was already not going, but. Pickle and Peanut stopped going. That was a Disney show I did. And The Thundermans stopped going, which was a show I did. And it was all the natural life of them. You know it's coming up. But, you know, you always have to sit there and think like, oh, God, I hope I get more shows that I'll be a regular on that are going to go. Like, what's next? I don't know what this is going to be. Like, I'm going to be at right now next year. Yeah. I can't. I know this right now. I got this show and you know there's a show that's going to start I know that I got in that I'm very excited about that's going to start in October so that's good cuz I think they're going to do 20 episodes or something so that in theory could be 20 weeks of work yeah but that's the that's always the problem of being an actor you don't know you know the axe could fall at any minute nobody wants to be in the Dana Snyder business anymore so then I just get a job at Walmart and do <laughs> but, my character voices hoping I'll get recognized. Do you
0: think that it's Aqua Teen that continues to get you the roles or is it other shows subsequent to that that have helped?
1: I feel like – I think it's both. I think it's a large portion of it is Aqua Teen, of course. But I also think – like I know I got the Thundermans. They didn't even – the guy who created it, who I auditioned for – and he told me they had like 5,000 people that auditioned for this role I got. He was like, we had literally thousands, We had almost 5,000 people we auditioned. I said, how, did you, how does that even happen? How do you get 5,000 auditions? There's not 5,000 voiceover people. How does that happen, he spoke? I, I have no idea. Uh-huh. But he had not heard of Aqua Once he was narrowing it down, he went and listened to it. But he pretty much just went on. But that was also one of those I auditioned. He listened to it. He did some research. Then I got called in in person to do another longer audition that he could sort of, you know, they that'll happen sometimes. They want to more direct you and see if you can take direction, but also which, you know, which way you go. But the other thing is you think like once you work with people, if you work well, then you keep getting employed by them because they know. You know, like Craig McCracken, I think, always has Tom Kenny in his shows because he knows Tom's great to work with, he's smart, he's good. And you have a rapport like you have with Dave Willis. Got shorthand. Before you even made the show,
0: you were on the same page. Right.
1: I mean, and the testament to that, too, is with Dave and Matt, I mean, I think when we first used to record an episode that would take, we did it in four-hour blocks. Can you imagine doing that for four hours? An 11-minute Aqua Teen episode? I'm the one who wants some jeans. I'm the one who wants some jeans. I'm the one who wants some jeans. But I mean, by the, at least even three or four years in, which that sounds like a long time, but think about it as only being like six episodes, then 10 episodes, Mm -hmm. you know. I mean, we were down to, we'd do it in under an hour because you just get, you get used to each other's shorthand and I also think I certainly contributed to like, they always said like, Oh yeah, you always, we never thought about him in this way, but you always added the, uh, that sort of weird show angle of shake. Like the, 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 uh, the old school, uh, you know, nightclub comic type angle and that he wants to be an actor. And geez, cause that's all my like points of reference and stuff that I think are funny is to make some Jackie green joke, not to make, And the thing that, like, where where we are the furthest apart is musically. I mean, that Foreigner Bell episode, which I think is one of the best episodes of Aqua Teen they did, I had no fuck clue who the fuck Foreigner was. You didn't? No, because I didn't know any music past about 1950. I mean, within the last five years, this is serious. I mean, I knew who the Beatles were. But I couldn't tell you most of their songs. How the I mean, fuck! Do you not know who these bands are? You're contemporary. I don't. Contemporary. It's, I, I do not listen to it. I don't listen to it. But how can you avoid it? I I listen. I I'm the guy that always had a stack of records in my room, listening to my records. Like what? I listen to twenties, thirties stuff, big band stuff, classic jazz, and then old weird shit.
0: How were you exposed to that?
1: Because that had to have been I when I was in I think even when I was in junior high there was a place called J Mar Records, and I used to go there and all I would do is go to the novelty bin in what city Las Vegas okay go to the novelty bin and just flip through oh weird an an album by the guy who played Potsy on Happy Days yes please <laughs> or I mean I I still have like tons of cra- I when I go to comic conventions I I always do a a, podca- a panel called What's on Dana's iPod, where I just play weird fucking songs yeah. that I have. Yeah. Sort of like that. I have a lot of those like bathtubs over Broadway kind yeah. of stuff, you know, those old, uh, but just Industrial. a little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah, those weird. And like, I love old, weird celebrity albums. I have a, one of my prized possessions is I have a Calypso album. I like Calypso and stuff too. Ethnic, old, old, like, uh, you know, those... I can't remember, like, those folkways kind of stuff. Um, but I have a Calypso album. The, the prize song on it is called Is She Is or Is She Ain't, which is about a man who has fallen in love with a woman, but he is not sure if she is a woman or a man dressing up as a woman. Oh, yeah. The end of the song being, I don't care if she is or if she ain't. I love her anyway, and I'm going to be happy with her. Mm. The significant thing of this song is it is sung by a man who's named himself The Charmer. In later years, he changed his name to Louis Farrakhan, the head of the black Muslim church in America. But this, he started out as a calypso singer, and his big hit was singing about falling in love with a transvestite. Wow. Yeah. And it's a great song. And it's he's not the only one who's ever <clears throat> recorded it. Yeah. But, that, yeah, I also have Maya Angelou's Calypso album. That's pretty good. So Malero, Matt Malero, big, you know, guitar player,
0: heavy metal, foreigner. Yes. And Dave is, you know, certainly a wash in yes. 80s pop culture. And you didn't know anything about it.
1: No. They used to laugh. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, you're cold as ice. I'm like, you get it? I'm like, no, what are you talking about? They thought I was jo- They really did think I was joking for a little while and i was like i have to tell you like i don't and then they came to new york one time or something and met one of my friends and they were like no he doesn't he just he literally doesn't listen to like yes i had heard of the band foreigner but i couldn't tell you the title of any of their songs they also love to make me rap which i detest because i'm bad at it and i shouldn't be rapping yeah like most people should not be rapping you can you spit out a rap right now? Oh fuck no, yeah, uh, no. Turns. I wish I wa- I wish I was a little fish, all frozen in the ice. Because when the girls go skating by, no, wouldn't that be nice? <sighs> yeah, I don't know. That's that. my know. point of reference.
0: <laughs> turn somebody on
1: to uh, Squidbillies. Oh, Squidbillies is great. I uh, well, I can turn them on like this. You're I not, just you're not a southerner. And no, I am not a, a southerner. Southern yeah, this is a this is a southern, a very a very southern show. Uh, we were just in Raleigh. The, all the guys came down uh, for we did a we showed two new episodes, which I had not seen, and one of them was, I think, hands down, the best episode of Squidbillies, the funniest. I'll say, I laughed so hard at it. They start spraying some kind of gas over and it turns everything alive <laughs> and suicidal. That's all I'll go into. Uh squid is a family of squids when the when the mount when the uh waters were above the mountains of Georgia back in the prehistoric age, these cephalopods somehow still lived in the mountains, so now they interact with humans. I'm not sure on a lot of the uh, anatomy of what's going there's like the big blue guy who's just a preacher not sure what he is, but Squidbillies is a family show. How did Granny come around? Uh, I did f- Granny. I was a, I was auditioning for Rusty, but they sent me a scene that had Rusty and Granny. So I just read both voices sitting in my bedroom on Thirty Fourth Street. I just read both voices, and then he called me later. And he's like, "Well, you're gonna do Granny." Matt Malera was originally going to do Granny. He was doing some little lady voice, but then I guess they liked mine as much as Matt's, and Matt said, I'll just let him do it. Unlike that stupid storyboard guy from Frozen. Should have (laughs) just said that, too. He already had a job in the picture. But, yeah. Squidbillies has been on almost as long as Aquatine. I mean, yeah. My Granny Squidbilly voice. Hey, boy, you like to party? Oh, Yeah. Who we're going knuckle deep tonight. But she has this when she talks, she sometimes talks like this. Cause basically it's my grandma voice. Hello, little sweetie. But a southern version. And then I also throw Diane Reeman, who's on the Diane Reem show on NPR, and she has this thing that she she has to get like arsenic or something, shot into her vocal cords because she has spastic vocal cords, but she'll do... For real? Yes, and she's a radio, she She's a Washington politico. She's been on the radio for years and years. She gets arsenic shot into her vocal cords? Some kind of things that deaden them so they don't spaz. But the point is, and she's on radio. It's her only job, being on radio, and she has spastic vocal cords. To give you an idea of how powerful she must be, but she'll do this thing where she's talking and all of a sudden it will go up like that. And it's her vocal cords spazzing up. So I was like, oh, I'll do that with Granny too. Like, oh, Rusty, you're so sweet when I see you. So it is it is my tribute to Diane Reem. Does it hurt to do that? No. That's what I like about Granny as opposed to, I mean, I like doing shake, obviously. He will always be my favorite because he's always the first. And I wouldn't have done anything else had it not been for him and that guy who barged in on my meeting.
0: What's your uh, obsession with Disney? I don't know. Is it an obsession?
1: Yeah, it's definitely an obsession.
0: I I love it. People say it's weird for for adults to go to Disney by themselves.
1: Yeah, you know who says that the most? My wife. (laughs) I have a kid now. She's still weird. She doesn't want to go. You want to go. I'm like, yeah, I know. Why do you go? I love it. I love going on the rides. I love walking through the place. Any kind of amusement park. Any kind of amusement park I'd be happy with. You sound like Shake talking, like you're talking about going on rides and going (laughs) to Disney. (laughs) Maybe I am. There's There's no line between us now. Now that the show is dead, he's become a part of me. I've absorbed him. What's drunk on Disney? What's that? Oh, Drunk on Disney. That's a podcast I do with my friend Guy Hutchinson, where we make a drink that they serve somewhere at a Disney park, and then we just shoot the shit. Mostly about Disney stuff, but we do a lot of panels together. Yeah. We do a party. We do great parties where like people, you know, we do them at a comic convention, but we like people pay to come, but then we give them cocktails. They get unlimited drinks. We have food. Like we just did a we did a spooky theme one, so we made, like, Haunted Mansion and our little drink finder guy uh, uh, Haunted Mansion Ouija boards that everybody got. You know, we give them little T-shirts and gifts and prizes.
0: So it's a podcast, Drunk on Disney.
1: Yeah. Anything else you want to promote? Uh, well, you know, Dino and I do a podcast. What's that? Uh, Dino Stamatopoulos. Yes, Dino Stamatopoulos. Moral, Moral Oral. Oral. Yes, Frank and Hull. Dino and Dana's Safe Space starring Tish. Okay. Tish is Dino's assistant. But, you know. How would you end up doing a podcast with Dino? He just asked me to come in and be a guest one day when he was still doing it with Andy Dick. Because he and Andy Dick have known each other since they were like seven years old. So these two
0: podcasts. Yeah. And New Season of Squids. Yeah. Do you advise?
1: Like, What do you tell people who want to be a voice actor? Take acting classes. Take acting and classes. improv classes. They're very important. It's still Uh, acting.
0: It's still acting, and the improv that you've done has obviously informed many, at least, of the Adult Swim characters.
1: And I know a lot of people that do voiceover that, you know, yeah, okay, most things you go into, if you're going to go in and record for whatever, they're not going to ask you to improvise. However, you know, 50% of every audition you get, they're going to let you improvise on and they want to know what kind of... I mean, sometimes it will actively say and do an extra take just improvised. They want to see if you're... Because a lot of times they'll say, we want people who are funny. Well, how can you tell... I mean, you can to a certain point, you know. How can you tell if they're funny just from reading jokes that you've already written? They want somebody who can elevate what they've That's made. That's right. They want somebody with a good sense of humor, and they want somebody that'll add. I mean, I know guys that because of that stuff they're very maybe paranoid you could say but they will record all of their auditions i know that sounds weird but back in the day they would record them at a booth because they would say like i made this lineup and i heard it in the show and i didn't get the part they stole the line that i made yeah i'm sure it does but you know it's also one of those well was it that great of a joke so then if it was that great of a joke was it really that original of a joke? If you had 15 people in the same room, I'm sure two people could come up with the very similar, you know, I did, I wrote on that, uh, I wrote on an episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000, and it was amazing to me why I know this happens all the time, because, you know, there'd be certain moments that we all wrote separately. We didn't, we were not in the same room or anything. It was this weird software that like you can give notes on, but. Joel would use it to for us to write, you know, time code, put the put the joke in. I mean, it was so interesting how many jokes were similar written by the 12 different people who were doing it, you know, all one degree, one degree off. So you write and produce stuff also. I co-wrote the worst movie that John Malkovich has ever been in. What? Yeah. The movie Supercon starring John Malkovich. Mike Epps, Clancy Brown. You co-wrote it? I did. No kidding. I have a part in it, too. I gave myself a part. Really? A really tiny part. I got a cameo. I have the uh, Jerry Lewis and it's a mad, 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 mad world type part. Wow. Can we have a link to that? Uh, I, I'm sure if you just, yeah, I'm sure if you just look up Supercon, it's on iTunes. All right. We'll find it. It's got, got a yellow it poster. Oh, okay. It's That'll about help. guys who rob a Comic-Con. <laughs> John Malkovich. John Malkovich. That's he plays amazing. He's a Stan Lee type guy. And Clancy Brown, you know, from Highlander. And the voice of right. Mr. Krabby from uh, SpongeBob. It's a documentary. It's a documentary shot in real time. <laughs> Dana Snyder, thanks for coming on. Thanks for letting me be
0: here. Music from this episode of the Adult Swim Podcast is a song called Jesus by Dom from his album, Sun Bronzed Greek Gods. Mm-hmm. Go to adultswim.com for links to some of the things that Dana and I were just talking about. And if you'd like, feel free to send your requests, comments, concerns, criticisms, anything, adultswimpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks a lot, as always, to Dave Bonowitz, Eric Lacombe, Mason Ross, and Christina Loringer for putting this podcast together. And thank you for listening.